Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Piano Lessons from Harneys. I'm Phil Graham, Global Head of the Investment Fund's Regulatory and Digital Assets team here at Harneys and fresh from ducking and diving from his hurricane adventures, Mr. Mark Piano. Hi Phil, well that was a, a close call but luckily everyone's safe and we came out of it pretty well. We are all very relieved. Um, let's jump straight into our recital. Um, so, so one of the one of the things we touched on uh, last week was the sort of the frequency and volume of Bitcoin mining that's going on at the moment. That doesn't fully make sense with where the price point is. It was interesting to see Compute North Holdings uh, filed a Chapter Eleven bankruptcy uh, application this week. Obviously, one of the largest in, in in the states, and that was combined with the news that apparently everyone else is going across the Arctic Circle at the moment in in, in the desperate attempt to find energy at some form of price point that's affordable. Uh, interesting to see how those mining operations uh, sort of play out. Um, hot off the press from from last week, talking about sort of Coinbase being the good guys in the in the tornado action. Uh, we've now got the Wall Street Journal uncovering some form of proprietary trading test they did for around 100 million US. Back to the old days. Um, we had Colorado accepting crypto um, for the first state to do so for, for payment of taxes, which is great. Um, we also have uh, CEOs stepping down here, there and everywhere. I think Kraken, Genesis, uh, Alameda and, and a variety of others, as, as obviously everything plays out in the current market. Um, I saw, I know for a man that's fascinated by this world like you, um, NFTs are now being used in both Austria and the Netherlands um, to reinvigorate the stamp collecting world, which I'm sure you'll be getting involved with. And also the Helium voters decided to scrap their own blockchain in the favor of adopting Solana. Um, finally, on my, with my funds hat on, great to see KKR's announcement um, that they're tokenizing one of their sleeves in, in one of their PE funds using Securitize. Um, and amusingly, from, from my perspective, the CFTC, which has always been the champion as the, as the regulator that the crypto community wanted, as compared to the SEC, suddenly started raising some really fundamental questions about the liability in DAOs, getting into, I think it was an action with uh, B0X uh, and the Uki DAO. Um, in and around whether they were unincorporated associations and all the members would be liable. Obviously, you and I have touched on that before, and, and I'm sure we'll do again. But what you wanted to do was jump into Disney um, and the announcement that they were looking for legal counsel to help them steer their world through NFTs and DeFi and obviously hinting at this broader sort of Web3 expansion. There are so many ways in which you could take the mickey here. Sorry, um, but I can't wait to hear it. Yes, uh, the job description was interesting, just just to be clear, not because I've got any intention of applying for it, but it does show that there's a lot of demand for crypto lawyers. But what I think it points to more interestingly, and it's off the back of the news that a couple of weeks ago that Starbucks were going to look at using NFTs as part of their loyalty program. Yeah. NFTs aren't just about you know digital apes and all sorts of profile pictures and avatars, although they certainly are quite useful there. Large companies are now exploring this technology as a way to expand in interaction and engagement with their customer base. Starbucks has a huge amount of money on its balance sheet in relation to loyalty cards, for example, so there's a way to, to utilize that. Disney has an enormous intellectual property range, which could really be um, enhanced with NFTs. So I think what we're starting to see now, and I hinted about this months ago when I was talking to people well before the podcast series, NFTs are now being unlocked in terms of their potential and their utility in ways we haven't seen before. When you look at the interaction with the metaverse, for example, 
that's really interesting as well because it synthesizes the real and the virtual, but as a tool to unlock further monetization opportunities and further use of IP, it really uh, is only starting to be explored in a very, very basic way right now. And where this could go is really potentially quite fundamental. I agree with you. And then with the vast success of Disney Plus, and you also look at their bringing in the Marvel world and the Star Wars world and, and, and all other types, they could take this in so many different directions that, frankly, Disney adopting NFTs is, is, is music to my ear. Um, the piano solo. So this is a slightly controversial point, Mark, but I absolutely admire the fact you're going to get into it. Um, with the British pound currently being a shining example of the intersect between politics and a national centralized banking system, isn't it time for Bitcoin to shine? Doesn't it make sense that every country in the world does what El Salvador did and just adopts Bitcoin? Um, you'll have probably seen, I'm sure, that there's been some mockery actually on Twitter between some fairly high profile people in both El Salvador and Britain about who's got the, uh, the worst coin. Mark, please dive in. This is Bitcoin's chance, right? Well, will it be Bitcoin or will it be something else? When we look at the decline in value of national currencies, then the question has to be asked, well, what are people going to do if suddenly the money they've saved up or that they're earning doesn't buy as much anymore? And how far does that go? Is that going to be something on a local level where people start to barter between themselves and use some sort of locally accepted means of exchange? I've got a coin from late 1800s, I think, or early 1800s that was made by a baker in Nottingham and that was allowing people to spend that token in his shop. So it could be that stable coins or Bitcoin or some other token could start being adopted as we get into more and more economic strife, whether that's permanent or temporary or local or widespread, we don't know, but it is something to look at. It depends on what is value. But then some people, some national governments and central banks might be hoping that the central bank digital currencies become that electronic means of exchange and store of value, that form of money. We don't know. Uh, there are lots of central banks experimenting with it. We've got stable coins, which are a form of private money, which is very different to central bank money or commercial bank money. And then we've got these explosion of other types of uh, virtual assets, which some of which are well known and support a blockchain, others of which are meme coins, but they potentially could have value. It depends on who wants it and what for and how much they have of it and what they're going to do with it. So it's a very uncertain time right now. We're seeing some headwinds at the moment and a potentially quite a uncertain road ahead. And there's no doubt there are some extreme macro conditions right now. And, and so everything's being tested, old traditional systems and, and new cutting edge systems. But, but everything that you hear about the volatility of this space and you look at what's happening to the pound, you know, re really begins to fall apart um, when, when you go to one of the many criticisms um, that, that, that you've seen around cryptocurrency. So, right, the piano tuner, Mark, um, we've had a lot of questions this week, and I'm going to ask you the hardest one. And if the whole point to this industry is decentralization and doing everything on chain, why on earth are offshore lies like, like you even involved? Ask five different lawyers and you'll get 10 different opinions. And it's the same with decentralization. What actually is decentralization? So it's not a one size fits all concept. And there's a lot of different constituent elements to achieving decentralization, but you've got to start somewhere. Uh, it, it, it's, it's not like a hundred monkeys on a keyboard typing out random stuff and eventually they type out the works of Shakespeare. A lot of these projects start off with a vision and a team to achieve it in, in, with their different strengths and, and expertise. But it does have to get off the ground. And as we're seeing in, in with the HCFTC case in, involving DAOs and liability there, there is still a lot of uncertainty. 
and risk. And so people do want some protection, at least to get things off the ground, but also to have a structure in place that can do things with the wider world. And this touches on a familiar theme with corporate structures and DAOs. That's why we get involved, because we look at the landscape and the jurisdiction we're acting in. And we'll set something up that will kind of get the project launched. And then it's a watching brief after that. And we've got changes in the BVI around virtual asset laws and AML. And we've got changes elsewhere, particularly in the US. So depending where the project team are based, where their customers are based, the jurisdiction they want to incorporate in, if they do want to incorporate, there's a whole range of factors to consider. So we're not there to centralize everything into one funnel. We're there to help them find something that's going to work. And it could be one company in one jurisdiction. It could be cross jurisdictions with multiple companies. But ultimately, the end product aims towards decentralization. So it does get to that point but it has to get there through a relatively centralized and consolidated process. Otherwise, it's just not going to work. It could be a decentralized uh, platform or protocol, which then has a foundation or a BVI company which en engages third-party service providers. So it funnels through a choke point as, or a bottleneck, but ultimately the benefit is decentralized. Absolutely. And when you look at why offshore, I think there's this slight misnomer that, that people believe it's around tax. It, it isn't. I mean, very, very few of our conversations even mention the word tax, certainly not in not the first few structuring calls. It's all about stability and it's all about predictability. As you say, there are so many different aspects to these projects. And there are so many directions of travel. And often you have a collection of people that are coming together that are not in one place and are doing a whole variety of different things with other people who are not in one place. And so having that sort of international financial center as, as, as the underpinning of it to allow you then to have the flexibility to go off and, and do what you need to do and pivot where you need to pivot as so many of the projects do is, is so perfectly what the offshore vehicles were always meant to do. And I think that that meeting of the two worlds has been part of the reason for, for the huge success. Thank you ever so much indeed. Really appreciate it. And subject to you not taking that Disney job. See you next week. Thank you so much, Phil. See you next week.